Hello, let's go for a ride. Ninth story. <laughs> You're listening to Channel 9 of the SDRY Radio Network, where stories live. The sound of my own sputtering, hacking cough is the first thing I hear, but another sound quickly grabs my attention. Somewhere in the distance, water is throwing itself over a precipice and smashing itself into tiny droplets. It takes a few moments, but I finally realize I'm drifting toward that sound, and fast. I fight a wave of exhaustion and force myself to look around. There's not much to see. The storm has knocked out power throughout the area, and the only illumination comes in the form of a faint glow bouncing off the clouds from some far-off town or city. The most significant change is that the rain has stopped, and small patches of blackness are starting to show through the clouds. It takes a moment for me to realize that there should be stars scattered across those inky patches, but there are none. I don't ponder this oddity for long though because the falling water sound is getting much louder now. Panic seizes me as I realize there's nothing to grab onto other than the debris floating along with me. Up ahead I can see a two-lane bridge straddling the roadway turned river. A small dog caught in a faster current floats past me on what looks like a battered aluminum fishing boat. If I wasn't nearly drowning, I might laugh at the sight. He sees me splashing about, looks at me for a moment, and barks. I might be jealous of the fact that he's relatively dry, but ultimately he's heading toward the same fate as I am unless I can find a way to get closer to the shore. I try to paddle toward the dog in the boat, hoping maybe there's a rope trailing along behind it I can grab. Maybe if I can get to the boat, I can steer it closer to the shoreline. I see the rope and I reach out for it. It wiggles away from my fingers and I pull my hand back thinking maybe what I've been trying to get a hold of was a water moccasin instead of a rope. But then I hear the low growl and I look up to see the dog with the other end of the rope in his mouth, tail wagging. We're probably less than a minute from plummeting over a waterfall and Fido is looking for a game of tug. I choke back the first word that comes to mind and try reaching for the rope again, but it's drifted out of reach. It looks like this is it then. I look up at the sky again and wonder why there are no stars. And that's when I hear the hoofalls coming up from behind. There's a dark shape plodding along beside me. I'm not sure if it's the exhaustion, the overabundance of stale adrenaline, or hypothermia finally settling in, but the rider calls to me in a strange voice that sounds at the same time distant and right next to me. It's a woman's voice, but heavily distorted. What? Quickly. You have little time. The voice sounds familiar, but at the same time, not. I try to swim closer, but the current is faster now, and it's not easy. The rider and her mount manage to keep perfect time with me, 
Who are you? Not now. There will be time later. She says. You must let me help you. The sound of the water is enormous now, but her voice remains even and calm, yet cuts through it all. Quickly. This is not permitted. So you must take my hand. The dog. I make a final grab for the rope and manage to snag it, then look up at the woman. Now, reach out. Take my hand. I reach for her outstretched hand. Sure I'll miss, or that my numb, wet hand will slip through hers, but it doesn't. Her grip is more solid than anything I've ever felt, and there's a loud, wicked flash of brilliant white light as our hands connect. It comes from everywhere and nowhere. I feel myself being pulled from the water with great force, and suddenly I'm behind her, astride the animal. I feel the rope slip from my hand, and I turn to see the dog leap from the boat to the shore and come running along behind us. Then we're thundering along, away from the water, curving off toward a tree line in the distance. There's an odd light and strange sound, and I hear the calls from the dark. I remember this, but I can't put it into context. I know I'm safe for now, but I feel like I'm peeking at something I'm not supposed to see. And then, it's dark. I hear the sound of fire. I feel the soft warmth of cotton. And I know I'm dry, finally. She knows I'm awake as soon as I open my eyes. I don't know how she knows or why I know she does, but I know these things immediately. I can smell food, and I turn my head in that direction. The woman appears in the doorway, backlit so I can't quite make out her face. I blink at the brightness of that light and she moves closer until she's next to me. Where is this place, I ask. Listen, the time is coming. You must remember. Her response is cryptic and frustrating, but she's right. I'm forgetting something, something important. Not just who I am and why I was in the back of a police cruiser, something more critical. Something... What is this place? Are we safe here? It will be here while you need it. But don't linger. Don't linger. She reaches out and strokes the dog, who is curled up next to me, and then lays her hand on my forehead for a moment, then turns toward the door. Wait! You must remember the door. Remember the hallway. I am here. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. The final word fades and she's gone. Not into the shadows of the room, not to the other room, simply gone. You've just listened to episode five of The Ride, a Hicks and Fabulous production. Listen in two weeks for more. I broke it.